This is Wexcast from the Wexner Center for the Arts at The Ohio State University. For this episode, we connected with three professors in OSU's Department of Dance for a uniquely informed introduction to the work of legendary choreographer Merce Cunningham in advance of the Wexner Center's screening of the new documentary Cunningham, January 24th through 26th. David Covey, Karen Elliott, and Daniel Roberts are all past members of the Merce Cunningham Dance Company. Together, they discuss how Cunningham broke new ground in modern dance, how he worked with some of the 20th century's greatest artists, and what he expected from his dancers. If you're not familiar with Cunningham's work, this is a fascinating entry point. Karen Elliott, and I'm a professor in the dance department at OSU, and I danced in the Cunningham Company in the 1980s. And I'm Dave Covey, and I'm a professor in the program, and I was Merce's lighting director for two and a half years. I'm Daniel Roberts. I am also a professor in the Department of Dance, and I danced in Merce's company in the 2000s. Merce's career spanned, what, 60 years? He, early on, met a very pivotal person in his life, who was um, John Cage, who became his music director and partner, collaborator, and some of the conventions or um, elements that you might see in contemporary dance today really come from the changes that Merce or the innovations, I should say, that Merce and John developed together. And one of the most startling things was the idea that dance and music could coexist in time, but they didn't have to have any other relationship, um, which was absolutely a novel idea and very uh, sort of disconcerting to a lot of people at the time. Then Merce also worked with sort of ideas about space that challenged a lot of the conventions that people had grown used to in seeing ballet, for instance. So he developed an idea about um, space that was based on more of like physics and um, astronomy or whatever, that you didn't have to think about a fixed point in space and that... um, So he broke open a lot of the ideas about the center of the stage being the focal point and the most important point. He distributed bodies all through the space and they could be facing different directions. They could be moving either together in unison or they could be moving in very interesting ways in sort of disparate time. Uh, So he broke a lot of the conventions that uh, had developed through the classical ballet and then into kind of early modern dance. And in spite of, you know, a lot of sort of early challenges to his work, the two of them persisted and they had a a company, they started a company, um, they were associated with some of the Black Mountain College artists and so forth. And um, so the, the company actually got started in that um, location and 
he had these sort of devoted dancers who trailed around in a minibus around the country, and they did a lot of work in colleges and so forth until, you know, he began to be able to put together tours overseas. And over time, uh, his important uh, influences became recognized and he won all kinds of awards in his um, later years and was recognized as one of the most important dance innovators of the 20th century. I haven't seen the film completely, um, but learning a little bit about it through uh, Jennifer Goggins, who's the studio director for the Trust, is you know, having some of um, Mercer's information fed into the, the film. And he says something very clearly about his interest in the, developing the technique and that he was fascinated by the, the leg and footwork of classical ballet, um, but also enthralled by the, the spinal articulations and uses of weight in the modern dance. And I, I think that really reads true in his technique about how it's developed to train the body fully in both of those ways, to embrace uh, both of those characteristics of um, the classical ballet and the modern work. And then something that's very specific about it that I think is interesting to teach is that part of what I've learned about the technique and how you train is that you're preparing the body to go in any direction at any time. Because the choreography requires you know, complex coordinations. You could, it could be juxtaposed. It could be put in a different order. Um, so that you're dealing with change and um, sort of non-organic choices in the body in the technique class as a way of developing complexity in, in the body and in the mind. I think one of the things that people who study the technique would come away with is this challenge, this intellectual challenge, it's often very complex rhythmically and as Daniel said, sort of, it sometimes seems uh, like the movements aren't put together in a uh, logical way, so so that it can be intellectually challenging to the dancer, but it's also incredibly embodied and I think it's um, really important to to understand that Merce was very physically embodied and he trained the body. And so he was very, very interested in kind of layering complexity and the complex uh, ways that the body parts can move both together as a unit and separately at the same time. My relationship with Merce was very different in that I spent most of my time when I was working with him advancing shows. So I was always down in the office doing, this is the old days before computers, <laughs> drafting light plots, getting them out, da 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 So we were always running to Europe back and forth and then a run out here or there. So I was always advancing stuff, and I would only go up into the studio really when pieces were ready to be seen, not during the beginning of the creative process. And Merce was very, people talk about his collaborative process a lot. And to me, his collaborative process was that he didn't really collaborate. <laughs> that was the genius of it. And I hear people beating this to death. Merce's collaborative process, and I went, 
I was there for over two years and I don't know what that means, <laughs> you know? So uh, his relationship to dance, I think, is really unique in that he did have an amazing relationship with visual artists, with Rauschenberg, you know, who, who toured in the buses with them when they got started and did the lighting for the pieces and created the sets. They'd, Merce would tell me they'd stop and pick up junk on the side of the road and throw it in the back of the van and get it to the theater, and he'd assemble a set right there on site based on what he found interestingly on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did, a, I did a piece called Pond Way, and we had a big drop painted by Roy Lichtenstein that he gave us permission to use that. So Warhol, he's, you know, a couple of names you've heard before, but it, there was never any dialogue between he and the artist. The artist brought what they wanted to the table, and Merce just accepted it, and we put it together, and we all saw it for the first time at opening night. You know, that was so exciting. I second the excitement there. I think that what you talk about, trust, mm-hmm. inside trust. of this yeah. collaboration, I experience as a, a dancer in the company, and I'm sure Karen can echo this, that... Um, there weren't auditions for the Merce Cunningham Dance Company. You had to be around. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a day that you auditioned and that was it. You were in class. You were being seen by the teachers. You were seeing how you worked, maybe in a rehearsal or your workshop. So the audition was a longer process. Mm-hmm. And I <clears throat> felt that that was a way of, of, of we're sort of figuring out how people worked, how they worked either on their own or in groups how they treated their, their training. And it was a bit odd coming to that in the beginning. But then I, as I was in the company and I saw other people get into the company, I saw that it was about a lot about that you were trusted with the work and that you were giving something very challenging and not explicitly told how to do every second of every movement by nurse, but sort of guided through a sense of time. So it was up to the dancer to really figure out how to put all of that together, how to embody that. So there's a tremendous amount of trust by the performers inside of it, but without a lot of direction. I think that's actually one of the things that I carried away uh, from the experience was that, as Daniel and Dave said, you develop a trust in the people you work with and trust that something will happen when it comes together at the last minute. But from the dancer's point of view, as Daniel was saying, the teaching of of a work, so you're learning a piece of choreography and it's very bare bones. You know, it starts with a phrase of movement and you keep working on that phrase of movement. And before you know it, all the other dancers in the room are also working on phrases of movement and there's a whole piece being generated. And so you're just working on what you have to do, right? And it's it's both extremely freeing because on the one hand, he's not the kind of choreographer who's going to come over and, you know, move your wrist into a particular angle and then create a particular shape with you. He gives you the steps and the phrasing and you have the responsibility, also the scary part, of having to fulfill that and flesh it out. So it's both hugely freeing 
and hugely responsible at the same time because you have to you have to live up to that trust, right? You have to you have to bring it to life. And so it's um, very, very exciting um, because you're really responsible for bringing this thing to life. I felt that way when we did the events. Those were so exciting. And I was always in such awe of the dancers. You know, to explain what an event is, the, the dancers learn their part, what they're going to be doing the afternoon of the show. They may have done the phrase at some point, but I don't know when the last time they actually did it physically. You know, and you may have done that solo a month ago. I don't know, but you just found out today that you're going to do it after the quartet by so-and-so and so-and-so. And I could see the dancers just so incredibly focused and and kind of ran it that afternoon, and I would figure out the lighting as we did it on the fly. Never heard a peep out of the musicians. Whatever set I decided to use for that, and then the audience showed up, and that's what, that's when it happened for the very first time. It was so, and yeah. it was all trust. Yeah. Trust, and, trust, and, trust. And, you know, just, okay, so I'm going to do this solo, and then I have to exit because I'm going to come out on this side, and then I'm going to do the trio from Scramble. Yeah. And, you know, so you have to also have it all kind of registered in your brain mm-hmm. because you, you typically we don't have any crossovers, so... It's like you better remember what side you're exiting the stage on because you, you don't have any makeup chances. Yeah. <laughs> As I get a little bit older, I, I appreciate his dedication to his own physical practice. Um, even into his 80s, he did his yoga on the floor and he did a warm-up and he taught class and he was physically present for all the rehearsals for all the classes, for all the performances. It wasn't something that was phoned in, and it wasn't, it wasn't just this thing that brought him fame and then he was done. It was his life. He was interested oh, yeah. in being around the dancers. He was interested in dance. He was interested in the lifestyle of dancers, the, the ups and downs, the touring, the traveling, the dinners, the whole thing. And I think just like that he truly was in love yeah. with what he did. Yeah. And I, I hope that I can convey that to my students that I really love what I'm doing to, to pass on that love for it. I, like, through my work with Morris, encourage the students to get out of the studio and go look at the world around them. You know, my favorite image from my days sitting at the desk down in the basement is this huge poster of Merce and John Cage and Jasper Johns and Robert Rauschenberg as young men sitting in a bar with a table full of beer bottles and cigarettes <laughs> flowing over ashtrays. And I just look at that group of people. It's a huge black and white photograph. I went, that's how it all started. Merce was hanging out in a bar, getting drunk. <laughs> and that's what I tell my students to do. <laughs> Go get drunk. <laughs> You'll meet somebody really cool, and it could change your life, right? That's how you find people to collaborate with. You know, you don't make a phone call and say, hi, I'm in the dance department. Do you have extra time in your busy schedule to make a piece with me? No. That's not how it works. You got to go out and get drunk. <laughs> well, I uh, also hark 
<laughs> with, or echo what Daniel said too. It's like somehow, if you worked with MERS, what you learn stays with you forever, and you maybe only get the import of that as you get older and you live with it for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think it it changed all of us for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, as human beings, but I think. Th- like specifically is kind of paradoxical like you know Dave was saying in a way what I got from Merce that I could translate to students is this sense of risk taking like it's about asking the questions you know about pushing yourself to maybe explore something you hadn't thought of before on the other hand it's also about discipline and rigor like Daniel was saying, he never gave up on that. He was always, to whatever extent possible, he was uh, training himself or working his own body, or and that that never stopped. I mean, he was very, very serious about that. Hence, so were his dancers. Um, that was one of the things that, as Daniel said, if you were around and you were seemed to have that kind of dedication and passion to training and to being a dancer and to doing those things, then he would be interested in working with you. That was Ohio State professors David Covey, Karen Elliott, and Daniel Roberts on the work of Merce Cunningham. For details on our screenings of Cunningham and info on all things WEX, go to wexarts.org. I'm Melissa Starker for the Wexner Center for the Arts. Thanks for listening.